Hayes, Murder, She Wrote podcast. Jessica goes to New York to meet Grady's new fiance. She's also invested in a restaurant that him and his fiance happen to be the accountants for. And of course, there's murder that she has to solve. And let me just say, you guys will not look at fish the same way again after this episode. And let's just say that Donna, Grady's fiance, fits right in. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Murder She Wrote podcast, where I watch every episode of the hit 80s slash 90s show, Murder She Wrote, starring three-time Academy Award nominee and six-time Tony Award winner, Miss Angela Lansbury. Today, I'm going to be talking about season four, episode 19, Just Another Fish Story. Air date, March 27th, 1988. The the summary reads on IMDb, Jessica is delighted to return to New York City with the announcement of her nephew's impending engagement. But when a restaurant employee is killed, the engagement is threatened. Boy, oh boy, is there a lot of things to talk about. This episode was a breath of fresh air, and I'm so happy that I'm back with this particular episode. I only have, I think, um, three or four episodes left of season four, and then I will be done, and I swear I'm going to finish it this month. I'm sorry that I haven't posted an episode in a while, my best friend Jennifer um, moved, and I helped her move, and it has been like a huge endeavor. But we got her moved, and she is happy so far at her new place. On the 26th of September, I went to go see Wicked live and in person, because it came to town where I live, and it was fantastic. I absolutely enjoyed it. And I might tell you a little bit about it at the end of the episode, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Seeing this musical in person was a dream of mine for the longest time. And I was so happy that I got to make it come true because it is one of my all-time favorite musicals, my go-to musicals. I've listened to the soundtrack for years and actually being able to see the show in person is just an experience I would highly recommend, especially when they go to the Emerald City. Oh my God, the costumes were amazing. Okay, so another thing that happened was I've had some technical difficulties with my laptop. Um, I have been thinking that I have been saving everything on my laptop, only to find out that I actually have been saving everything to Microsoft OneDrive. For those of you who may not know what this is, it is a thing where you could store your files because most laptops and desktop computers do not come with CD-ROM anymore, like a CD drive. And so they created this thing where you can save your files to it, and then you can go on your desktop computer or your laptop computer or your, your uh, iPod or, I, or, I mean, iPad, and put the files on there. But I was unaware that this was a thing I thought that I was doing the normal thing you do, and you save your files to the computer, not some sort of online thing. How I found this out was I have been trying to write a book, but I've been trying to do that my whole life, and ADHD makes it virtually hard to do so, But and the ideas leave my head after a while, and I don't finish. But I had an idea for a story, and had started writing it, and wanted to save it, And it kept saying, you have no storage left in OneDrive. And I'm like, well, what the hell is OneDrive? It kept telling me this over and over again for the last several 
like for almost the end of September, and I'm like, well, what the hell is that? So when I realize I have no storage and that every single file that I've ever tried to save on my computer is on this OneDrive, I'm like, okay, well, obviously that's not good. So I will unlink it so that there's not that much stuff on it. Well, once I did that, all my files disappeared from my computer. Needless to say, I was not happy when this happened because I did not give this OneDrive thing permission to even do this. And they said, well, you can get your files back if you clear up your storage and you pay $1.99 to get more storage. And I was like, oh no, not doing that. Not I did not ask for, for the computer to do this and I thought I was saving it to, so, to the computer. So I began downloading my files from um, OneDrive back onto my computer, removed OneDrive from my computer and my phone. It was on my phone too, unbeknownst to me. And I got rid of it. I seriously got rid of it. I was like, I am so done with this. So it took about three days to get everything back including all my auto files of recording the Murder, She Wrote podcast. And I know that they're they're on Spotify and I don't have to worry about that. I totally understand that. But it's like, that's my work and I don't want it to be, I don't want it to disappear. So the reason why I'm like talking about this is because it's a, one of the reasons why I haven't recorded an episode because of the technical difficulties of OneDrive. Because I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm saving everything to this one thing. And they, it's basically supposed to be free. But then if you hit a certain storage point, you have to pay more money to get more storage. Which is kind of ridiculous. When, you didn't even, when I didn't even know that that was even going on. So what I'm trying to tell you is you should totally, I don't know how you can check maybe look it up, but check and make sure that you're saving your files to your computer. If you have one that doesn't have a CD-ROM, um, because it might be saving it to that. And then if you get that notification where you're like, you're out of storage, you can't save anymore. And you're like, what are you talking about? Because at first I thought it was my computer and turns out I've, I've not saved virtually anything on my computer. So now I'm starting over from scratch, which sucks. Um, but I was able to save all my files. But needs to say, I ain't dealing with Microsoft OneDrive. And honestly, I wish that they had not got, like not done away with, with CD-ROM and just left it the way it was. Good news. Um, apparently, the writer's strike is over, but the actor's strike is unfortunately continuing. I don't know if there's any negotiations going on with the actors. But the writer's strike is officially ended. I don't know exactly what that means. But sad for Drew Barrymore, who wanted to bring her talk show back without writers. And now she can't find writers because she wanted to continue her talk show without writers. Which I didn't think um, that talk shows needed writers. I just thought they went out there and just talked. But I guess that's just me. But I'm glad that the writers were able to negotiate something. I hope the actors get what they deserve because they should get paid for the stuff that we're streaming. They really should. All right, guys. So let's talk about this hilarious episode that I watched like twice and then laughed until I cried both times. But before we get started, here's a fun fact that a lot of Murder, She Wrote fans apparently know, but I did not. Debbie Zip, who plays Grady's fiance and later his wife, played by Debbie Zip, is actually Michael Horton, who plays Grady's actual wife. They are married in real life, which is really freaking cool. Although there are some things in this episode that have not aged well when it comes to marriage. And apparently Debbie Zip was in an episode of season three that I can't 
remember until I go and look. So let's get started. So this episode starts with stock footage. We see the Twin Towers, um, which I meant to mention 9-11, but in the last episode I did, I was kind of talking a, a lot, and I do mean a lot, about Benedict Arnold, and I did not want to mention 9-11 in that episode. I can't believe how long it's been since that happened. I remember that day like it was yesterday, and I'm not quite ready to tell my 9-11 story just yet. I might next year, but I'm not ready to tell it right now. Um, but I can't believe how many heroes there were that day. The tragedy of it all. It was just sad, and my heart goes out to the victims and their families every time it comes around. And I remember that there was a little debate um, a couple of days after, or maybe a year after, like, the first anniversary where people were like, we should take the Twin Towers out of TV shows and movies because it would be a painful reminder. And it's like, I don't, I didn't think so then, and I don't think so that we should now because it's nice to know that they once were there. And it was nice to see them. Even though this episode is set in New York, it clearly was not filmed in New York. I mean, there's at one point where Grady drops off Donna at her apartment and it's like, uh, I think it's the same exterior shot they used in Laverne and Shirley, but I could be wrong. It looked familiar. It's probably been in multiple TV shows and movies up to this point. So we start off this episode with Jessica in a cab, of course. The cab driver is driving her to go see Grady. She's invested in a new restaurant, which I think is supposed to be near Hell's Kitchen, somewhere in New York. Although this episode was hilarious, there was some inconsistent writing that just did not make any sense, and I will tell you about it once we get there. Um, but, like... He says that every restaurant at this location has failed. And Jessica says, well, I hope you're wrong about that because I think you're wrong about that because my nephew Grady is the accountant and I think it's going to stay afloat. This is Grady's second season four appearance after being in Doom with a view, which I love that episode. This episode, I can honestly say that this plot would not be done in a Law & Order episode, Law & Order SVU, or any television show done today, because it's just completely unbelievable. And when we get to it, you, uh, I'm going to try not to laugh, but this is right up there with It's a Dog's Life. And then, of course, we again question Jessica's integrity of murder after the episode when thieves fall out where she was mad when the dude came to town and stirred up all that trouble, and it turned out that he had served time for a murder he didn't commit. Very good episode. Don't know what they were doing with Jessica this season, but she's all over the place. So, the cab driver stops, and we're at the restaurant, Alice's Farm Restaurant. Yes, I will say that again, really slowly. Alice's Farm Restaurant. Sorry, allergies are bothering me today. Alice's Farm Restaurant is the name of this restaurant. And from that name and that name alone, we are supposed to believe... <laughs> That this is the most popular restaurant in New York right now. Alice's Farm Restaurant. <laughs> so obviously it's supposed to be a country style restaurant. Like picture Crackle Barrel I guess. But when you think of country cooking. You think of like biscuits and gravy or chicken and dumplings or beef stew. Not fish. 
or caviar, but just wait. So someone's standing outside dressed in a cowboy, in, in sort of like a cowboy outfit, and this person turns out to be Grady. Um, Grady gets Jessica's bags as she comes directly to the restaurant. She doesn't go to a hotel. And uh, she says, I can't wait to meet Donna. He's like, yeah, I can't believe I'm getting ma, ma, ma married. It's like, dude, you can't even say it. But anyway, she goes, Grady, you're dressed as a cowboy. He goes, yeah, isn't it great? No, not really, but okay. So we go in, and guys, like, this, like, restaurant makes no sense. There are people walking around in cowboy hats and pitchforks with, like, fire on the end. I don't even know what is on the end of the pitchforks that's on fire. It just makes absolutely no sense at all. They come in, we get introduced to Maitre D. Chad, who looked very familiar to me. Or no, not Chad. Chaz. And he can't find the reservation. At one point, a girl comes in with a bunch of other people. And the way that she's dressed, it's like she's um, wearing like, I think it's like a crop top or like, like a bra. I'm not entirely sure. But she's obviously supposed to be like a fake Madonna pop star and we're supposed to believe that this is the hottest restaurant in New York that even she's coming to it. Um, and he literally takes her money to get her a usual table and he can't find the reservation. We also get introduced to, uh, Doug Brooke, um, who, is co-owner with his sister Alice and uh, he he immediately goes to find their reservation finds it but says their table is not ready yet because the restaurant is packed surprisingly because this is the hottest restaurant in town I don't see how but okay um so Jessica has invested in this restaurant. Grady is the accountant. Um, they're allowed to go to the bar to get drinks on the house. And we get introduced to the bartender, Harry Finley. Finley. We'll just say Finley. Um, and he likes to tell people that he literally um, served Hemingway the writer, a drink, and that he signed a wine cork for him. Okay, dude. So we get introduced to Donna. She's an accountant, too. Coincidences of coincidences. And she's so happy to see Grady. Jessica asks them if they've planned the wedding. And apparently they've not had any time to actually plan it. We then get introduced to gossip columnist... Mimi Hardcourt, played by Brenda V. I can't pronounce her last name, but she has guest starred on The Golden Girls as uh, Sophia's son, Phil, who is never seen on screen, as his wife, Angela. She's also played Joey's mother on Friends. And I can honestly say she is a fantastic actress. I love her. It was so cool to see her in this episode. She constantly calls Jessica Jennifer, which I think is cool because that's the name of my best friend. And I love my best friend. So it was really cool. And Jessica never, like, corrects her. But she's there at the restaurant, too, trying to get some gossip because some celebrities are there. She's a really kooky character, and I love it. So Jessica, um, Grady, and Donna sit down at their table. And to further confuse the audience, like when we see the inside of this restaurant, we do see one customer actually getting boo stew, which is what you would think at something called Alice's Farm Restaurant. 
But when Jessica and Grady and Donna sit down, they ask for caviar. And the waiter informs them that there is no caviar, but there is country caviar, which has actual eggs in it. Not fish eggs. Which, ew. In any way, ew. In any case, no matter how you slice it, gross. I would not eat caviar if you paid me. Um, looks gross, sounds gross, don't even want to taste it. Anyway, um, they also decide to order fish. And I'm like, okay, you have caviar and fish. And then we, we see Alice in the kitchen and she's unloading lobster tails. But yet this is supposed to be a country restaurant because her and her brother have southern accents, at least at the beginning of the episode. And then... They abruptly drop them by the end of the episode. It's really confusing. Okay. But Doug tells Alice that Chaz is literally being paid to get people's tables and he doesn't like it and he thinks that there's more to it and she says to just let him do his thing and let it go. But there's more to Chaz than meets the eye. Anyway, so... They have the fish. I don't know if they have the caviar. Alice comes out and asked them if everything was good and wanted to see if their investor was doing really well. And Jessica says the fish was delicious. And for some reason, Alice says, I'm glad that it was because it was frozen. Okay, why did you need to tell her that? I mean... Who cares if it was frozen? Is there a specific reason why it should have been? Like, I don't I don't get that little bit of dialogue. But let's cross over that. So then Donna tells Jessica and Grady that her parents are throwing them an, an impromptu engagement party and they need to leave. To go there this weekend. And Grady doesn't want to meet Donna's parents, but we don't know why yet. So then later that night, after the restaurant is closed, we see Chad taking the lobster tails out of the freezer and putting them on the counter. We don't know why, but then there's a knock at the door, and then we cut to Jessica's apartment. I mean, Jessica's hotel room. And she gets a call from Donna, who basically tells her that there has been a murder. Chaz has been found dead in the walk-in freezer. And he's deader than dead. He is frozen. Like a fish stick. <laughs> and that's a hilarious joke because we're about to get to it. So this detective in this episode is played by Norman Fell. He's Lieutenant Ralph Rutt. We'll just say Lieutenant Ralph. And, uh, of course, he's making his second guest appearance. He was in, um, the episode where Jessica goes to see her niece in the race and someone ends up dead and the horse is obviously, uh, they think that she didn't run the race legitimately. And, of course, uh, Priscilla Barnes was in that episode and she was also on Three's Company. And Norman Fell played Mr. Roper on Three's Company and, and the failed spin-off The Ropers. And it's really awesome to see him in this straight-laced role where he's not trying to be funny and he's playing an actual detective. Because it being 2023, a lot of the things that Mr. Roper said to Jack, who was not actually gay, but was pretending to be gay, has not aged well. Um, and it's nice to see Norman Fell in a role like this. I wonder if he came back and played detective again. I don't know. So, basically, they all go back to the restaurant. Chaz is the murder victim. But they're not entirely sure what the murder weapon is. Um, the detective wants Donna, Grady, and Jessica to stay in town and not go to their to their engagement party. 
Jessica tries to reason with him and finds a uh, pocket knife on the ground in the freezer. But that doesn't appear to be the murder weapon because there's no blood on it. And the setup of this dude in this freezer looks so real that it's almost creepy. So he then... The detective notices that there's a lot of places in the book that seems to be white, white-outed. And he wants to know what those totals were before they were erased. He also wants to know who had access to the books and who are all the investors. So Donna has to call her parents and say that they're going to be a little late. So Donna gathers that not only... Have lobster tails been stolen? Um, but so has caviar and fish. So supplies have been disappearing from the restaurant. Grady is happy that they don't have to go see Donna's father because apparently he used to work for Donna's father. And Donna's father fired him after he worked for him for three days. So he's afraid that Donna's father will not like it. Then Mimi, the gossip columnist, calls Jessica to have lunch. She wants to do a profile on all the investors or celebrities who invest in restaurants. And Sonny Bono, Cher's husband, is in this episode. And he was so cute. His restaurant makes sense, but no one's going to his restaurant. It's nice. It's elegant. It looks like some place that people in New York would go to, not Alice's Farm restaurant. But it's called Valentino's, and it's named after Sonny Bono's character, Valentino. There's, like, no one in this restaurant to the point where they have a tape playing to make it seem as if there's abundance of people in there. Which makes me wonder if this is a real trick they use in, in scenes when there's not a lot of extras to make it seem as if there's abundance of people in the restaurant. Cool Hollywood trick if, it's, if it is. Anyway, basically Mimi insists that she's not going to do um, any article about the murder she wants to focus on Jessica and invest in, in the restaurant. Then she finds out that her hairstylist or her nail stylist has been arrested and she has to go bail him out. So she gives Jessica a $100 bill and goes to pay. But when she starts talking to Valentino, he basically likes her that he says that her meal is on the house. Basically, Jessica starts complaining about Alice's Farm restaurant and says that no one can find a home-cooked meal. And I'm like, this seems like this is reversed because couldn't you at Alice's Farm restaurant? And she's complaining about the caviar and, and fish and all that. And I'm like, but uh, didn't you have that the night before? Like, I'm so confused by this. I don't get it. Anyway, so he sympathizes with her, says that it's that it's on the house, and one of them one of the waiters says, Valentino, why don't you turn off the tape? No one's buying it. There's only one other people in the restaurant, no one else. Also, Mimi reveals that Alice dug and Chaz all used to work at Valentino's before they decided to open up their new restaurant. And they're clearly not from the South. Okay. All right. So Donna's able to gather all of the receipts, and it's not adding up, and the investors as well. And... Donna and Grady are kind of snapping at each other because they're having to work on all this stuff. So Donna decides to 
go get some more papers and Jessica decides to go with her. And Donna says she doesn't really want to be an accountant. Her dad made her be an accountant. That she really wants to be a stay-at-home mom and a housewife. She doesn't want to be a career woman. And in the research I've done, this was apparently a huge issue in the 80s of a woman either being a stay-at-home mom, being the typical 50s housewife, or being a career woman. And I say, why the hell couldn't they be both? Why did it have to be one or the other? I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. And it's old-fashioned and has not aged well for this episode. So... Meanwhile, Grady will later express that he doesn't want a career woman. He wants someone to be his wife and have dinner on the table and stay at home and raise the kids. And then asks out loud, is it wrong to want that? And in my opinion, kind of, yeah. Because it shouldn't be one or the other. It should be both. You should support, if you love her, you should support her with whatever she wants to do and not want a certain thing and only say, well, I want her to be in the kitchen and prepare dinner for me. It's ridiculous. I don't like it. Um, because in my opinion, women can do anything that men do and most of the time they do it better. Yep. You heard it here, folks. So anyway, um, so we have old-fashioned marriage values going on here. Um, Jessica suggests to the detective that maybe whatever the murder weapon was, it stunned Chaz so much that he fell backwards and busted his head open. But they're not entirely sure what the murder weapon is. Later that night, Grady, Jessica, and Donna are having dinner again, and they have fish. And they're sitting there eating the fish. And Jessica goes, oh my, this is delicious again. And as they're sitting there eating it, Alice says, well, I don't know if it was as good as last night's, but it wasn't frozen. And uh, Jessica says, oh, you took it out of the freezer? And she goes, no, it was sitting on the counter when I went, when I went there. So the swordfish... <laughs> I love this part. Turns out to be the murder murder weapon. Because they go in the kitchen and they find blood on the rest of the fish in Alice and said, I didn't see any blood on there. And Jessica and Grady were eating the murder weapon. Oh my god, I cannot believe it. I laughed so hard. I had tears in my eyes both times when I watched this episode. It's like I knew what was coming and still I laughed so hard because I could not believe it. The of a swordfish is the murder weapon. <laughs> oh, so funny. You would never see this on Law and Order, or Law and Order SVU or anything of this today. It's just too funny. It's just too funny. So, at first, everybody thinks that maybe the killer could be Doug because he didn't like Chaz and he didn't like what Chaz was doing. But he's not the killer. Owls is not the killer. Um, and then eventually, Donna tells Grady the engagement is off and he doesn't understand why. And eventually Jessica realizes that, that there are, there are anonymous investors. So Jessica goes back to Mimi because she realizes that Mimi is a silent investor. And she tells her that she knows. And Mimi's like, Oh, please don't tell anybody. This gossip columnist job is as temporary as Ormagadi tofu. I don't know what that is. She's like, no one must know that I did this. I'm protecting my future. 
because I don't know how long this gossip gig is going to last, Jennifer. So please don't tell anyone. And then she's like, and by the way, I didn't off the dude. Like, <laughs> I love her character. I love the actress. She was also in one of my favorite um, airport movies, which is Airport 77, which is on Netflix. Check it out. Anyway, so... Oh, God, it's so good. Um, so Jessica's, like, at a loss as to who the killer is. And then I'm just going to reveal it right here. The killer is none other than Donna. Boy, you're going to fit in nicely with this, fam this family, Donna. <laughs> so it turns out that when she heard there was no caviar, she realized that something was not right because she had just ordered a shipment herself and didn't understand. Because, hold on, I forgot a part. So it turns out that there's a, that Chaz had a side business of selling off the merchandise to Valentino, Sonny Bono's character. And Jessica finds that out. She then puts two and two together and realizes that Donna is the only one that knew that caviar was missing because it was told to them at the table and she was the only one that knew that was not true. So Donna discovers that Chaz is selling off restaurant supplies to Valentino, whom he used to work with. And according to her, she told him to come back later that night. And according to Donna, it was like he didn't even try to hide what he was doing. All the lobster tails was out, um, sitting on the counter, and he offered to cut her in on the deal in exchange for her silence. She refused because it was illegal. And he got really angry that she was going to tell on him, and he apparently slapped her. And she tried to run from him and didn't realize she ran into the freezer. And the only weapon that she had was the swordfish. And the reason why there was blood on it, because she hits him and the, and the sharp part of the sword on the fish cut him a little bit, but it didn't kill him. He was so stunned that she actually hit him with a fish that he fell backwards on some crates busted his head open and died and then froze to death. Donna chose not to tell anyone. The bartender goes into the storage room and finds him and drops his pocket knife. And Donna says, well, clearly it was self-defense. And I'm like, okay, is it? And you could have saved us all so much time if you had just explained this right away. You clearly knew what you did was wrong because you you didn't say anything. You acted like you had no idea who the murder victim was. You couldn't get away from there fast enough. It makes no sense. And it's like, why would he get violent with you? Why would he slap you? How would you not know that you are suddenly in a freezer when it's a freezer and it should be freezing ass cold? Um, like, it just seems ridiculous to me. And again, we only have her word for it. It's like, in a very good year for murder, you know, the dude claims it was self-defense, but it's like, no, it wasn't because you poisoned him, which is premeditation. And then it's like the police show up and tell you he's dead. You know he's already dead. You're having Jessica run around with the chicken with her head cut off trying to solve this murder. And which for once Grady is not accused of it, which I thought he was going to be. But it's like, it makes no sense. And then Donna and Grady basically confess their feelings to each other and then decide that they're going to get married after all. But they don't get married until season five, I don't think. Um, 
And I just, I mean, I love Norman Fell. I love Sonny Bono. I loved Brenda in this episode. But it's like, and it's hilarious that the murder weapon is a fish. I can't get over that. But it's like, I don't know. But she fits right in because not only is she accused of murder, she's a murderer and Grady is going to marry her. And he's been accused of murdering people in multiple episodes. So they deserve each other. <laughs> and that's from Wicked. So let's go over the guest stars and I will tell you all about my night seeing Wicked. Because I had so much fun. Alright, so first we have Sonny Bono. This was probably his only guest star appearance. Of course, Sonny Bono passed away in 1998. He left us quite a legacy behind. Such a great dude. He was 62 years old. He is known for the Sonny and Cher show. Kill Bill Volume 1 for the soundtrack. Airplane 2, the sequel, 1982, and Hairspray, 1988, as Mr. Von Tussle. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Last known credited role before his death was in First Kid in 1996. He guest starred in Lewis and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, Blossom as himself, The Golden Girls, so there's yet another Golden Girls connection in that weird episode where Blanche um, dreams that George comes back from the dead and Sonny Bono and Lyle Wagoner are fighting over Dorothy and Sonny wins. He was also in that weird movie, Troll. That movie scared the crap out of me as a kid. Matt Houston, The Love Boat, Fantasy Island, Charlie's Angels, Chips, Laughing, Murder on Flight 502, The Six Million Dollar Man, The New Scooby-Doo Movies, Love American Style, Good Times. I don't think that's the show. It's a movie. But awesome dude. And obviously the reason why Cher was with him because he was cute. This is his only guest appearance on Murder, She Wrote, sadly. But she would have been in another episode. Alright, the bartender, Harry, was played by Jack Carter. He didn't really pay that big of a role in the episode. He died in 2015 at the age of 93. He is known for History of the World Part 1, 1981, Alligator, 1980, Amazing Stories, Episode 1, McLeod, um, Amazing Stories, 1987, McLeod, 1971, one episode. Last credited role was in 2014, Mercy. Okay. I've never heard of that. I don't know what that is. Did some voiceover work for a family guy. It was on Guest Start on iCarly. Desperate Housewives. Wow. Fill the future. Huh. ER. Seventh Heaven, Third Rock from the Sun, Hercules TV Show, Touched by an Angel, Diagnosis Murder, Superman the Animated Series, Living Single, Caroline in the City, love those, Saved by the Bell of the New Class, Sybil, love that. Oh, he also guest starred on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman and Blossom. Nurses, spinoff of Golden Girls. 
another Golden Girls connection there. Oh! Oh! Um, let's see. This is his last... He was in Dead Heat, too. I think that was the episode that Norman Fell was in. As Cliff Carpenter. I don't remember, guys. He was also on Santa Barbara. This is his last episode of Murder, She Wrote. He was in the TV show Fame, Growing Pains. Give me a break. I love it. I love Give Me a Break. Fantasy Island, BJ and the Bear. Archie Bunker's Place. Chips, The Love Boat. He has a lot in common with Sonny Bono. And I can't believe, guys, that it's already October. He was in Emergency. And I only think, I, I think I only have four episodes of Murder, She Wrote Season before left. I'm going to finish it, I swear, before the year is out. The Wild Wild West, I Dream of Jeannie, The Lucy Show, Batman, the original Batman. Mr. Roberts, I don't know. The Danny Thomas Show, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. First credited role, American Minstrels of 1949. So he acted from 1949 until 2014, before he died. Long, long career. You go, sir. He was also on Edge of Tomorrow, one of the first uh, soap operas on television. Norman Fell. Let's see if uh, this is his final guest starring role or if he's going to come back. Wow, he died in 1998 as well at the age of 74. He's known for, of course, Three's Company in 56 episodes as Mr. Roper. Bullet, 1968. The Graduate, 1967. And Inherit the Wind, 1960. Last known credit was Life with Louie cartoon series in 1998. He also guest starred on the Ellen DeGeneres show before she had her sitcom. Oh, he was also on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the Ben Stiller show, the Boneyard. I don't know what that was. Oh, he was in For the Boys with Bette Midler. That was a good movie. Let's see. Yep. This is his final guest starring role, and he was in Dead Heat. Awesome. I'm so happy. I wish he would have been in more episodes, though. He was in the 1980s version of Twilight Zone, Madlock, Magnum P.I., Webster, Simon and Simon. He was in the Jesse Owens story, Matt Houston. The Ropers for 28 episodes. And, of course, 56 episodes for Three's Company as Mr. Roper. He was in Roots, The Next Generation. Love Boat, Charlie's Angels, Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. Police Story, Executive Suite. The Bionic Woman. Rich Man, Poor Man was a miniseries. Starsky and Hutch, Rhoda. McMullen and Wife, Airport 75, yes, I remember. Uh, Marcus Welby, MD, McLeod, Love, American Style, The Partridge Family. Three's a Crowd, which uh, was a TV movie in 1969, but that was the spinoff that came out after Three's Company got canceled, but this is a different thing. That Girl, I Spy, Bewitched, The Man from Uncle, The Wild Wild West, Ben Casey, Alfred Hitchcock Hour, It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. Awesome, awesome movie. Love that movie. Would love to get that on DVD. 
The 11th Hour, The Untouchables TV Show, The Original Ocean's 11 in 1960. Wow. The Big Story. First credited roles in 1954 in the Goodyear Playhouse. Wow. So he acted from 1954 to 1998. You go, Norman. You were awesome. And we all remember you. Uh, Dick G-A-U-T-I-E-R played our murder victim, Chaz. He died in 2017 at the age of 85. And like I said, he looked familiar. Ooh, he did voiceover work for a pup named Scooby-Doo. I loved that cartoon growing up. He's known for the Transformers cartoon series, 28 episodes, as various characters. G.I. Joe, 19 episodes of the cartoon series. Get Smart, 6 episodes. And Mr. Terrific, 17 episodes. Oh, wow, so there really was a Mr. Terrific, like on the Golden Girls? Last credited role was Nick Tuck in 2010. Lots of voiceover work here, like Cow and Chicken, Weird Show, um, Detective Barbie, Mystery of the Carnival Caper, Tonka Construction, Captain America and the Plant of Tears. Ooh, I love that one. Dumb and Dumber cartoon series, The Addams Family... Oh, the Golden Palace. I don't know. Maybe that's... I don't know. Silk Stockings, Tom and Jerry Kids Show. Garfield and Friends. I love it. Batman the Animated Series. The Munsters Today. Charles in Charge. Freddy's Nightmares. A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. The Smurfs. The New Yogi Bear Show. Aha! He was in Birds of a Feather as the drag queen. That's what I knew him from. From season one, episode two. My goodness, that seems like years and years ago now that I saw that. But yeah, so cool. This is his last appearance on The Golden Girls. I mean, duh. On Murder, She Wrote. Sorry. <laughs> I have Golden Girls on the brain, I guess. Madlock, he was in Madlock. DuckTales, I love DuckTales, oh my god. G.I. Joe, the cartoon movie. G.I. Joe, the cartoon. Life with Lucy. Transformers, Five Faces of Darkness, cartoon movie. G.I. Joe, cartoon movie. The New Adventures of Johnny Quest, Go Pots. Ooh, I love that too. I'm so glad they had reruns when I was a kid. The cartoons were so much better when I was growing up. Knight Rider, Fantasy Island, um, Too Close for Comfort, Happy Days, Charlie's Angels, Mrs. Columbo, uh, Just Friends with Shocker Conning, Wonder Woman, The Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew Mysteries. I'm gonna st I'm gonna start watching them on Peacock. I really want to watch that show. When Things Were Rotten, The Rockford Files, Mary Tyler Moore, Love American Style. This dude had an awesome career. Doris Day Show, Debbie Reynolds Show, The Flying Nun, Get Smart, Bewitched, The Patty Duke Show, and first credited role was in five episodes in the TV show called Stanley. So he acted from 1956 to 2010. Awesome actor. You rock, dude. May you rest in peace. We're not going to do Michael Horton because uh, I know he's going to come back. Um, James Correll Jordan played part owner Doug. Let's see if he comes back. He's still with us. He's known for Kingsman, The Golden Circle, 2017. Six Underground, 2019. Black Snake Moan, 2016. I mean, 2006. 
and Lincoln TV miniseries in 1974 that lasted to 1976 in four episodes as Robert Lincoln. Okay. This dude is still working. Right now, he's in a TV show called Wreck in five episodes last year. And he has an upcoming project, No Way Up, in 2014. Wow. Do 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 He was in Hattonfields and McCoys on the History Channel. Cool. Uh... The 10th Kingdom. That was a cool thing. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Love it. That's on Paramount Plus. I've been watching it. Oh. Okay. Well, guys, Doug really wasn't featured all that much. Death Takes a Curtain Call in Season 1. Oh my god, it's been so long. I can't remember. He also was in Season 3. And crossed up. Oh yeah. Okay. And he his last appearance will be in season six. So we'll go over more of his guest appearances then. Uh, Valerie. Uh, L A N D S B U R G played Alice. Still can't get over that restaurant. She's still with us. She just had her birthday on August 12th. Happy birthday. Hope it was a good one. She's known for Fame, the TV show, in 83 episodes between 1982 and 87. Thank God It's Friday, 1978. Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, 1990. Dream On, a TV show from 1992 to 95 in seven episodes. Uh, last credited role was in 2019 in 26 words. Have no idea what that is. It's a TV show, apparently. And uh, I think that this has to be some sort of computer error because it says she played a boy. Um, okay. Anyway... She was in a TV movie in 2009 called Mrs. Washington Goes to Smith. Okay. Nick Tuck, The Unit, Columbo Likes the Nightlife in 2003. Empty Nest. Lots of TV movies, like One of Her Own, Terror in the Night, Not in My Family. Beverly Hills, 90210. The Ryan White Story, Hotel, 17 episodes of that. This is her only episode of Murder, she wrote. Fame. I want to live forever. Huh. And her first credited role was the kids from... C-A-P-E-R, Caper, in 1976. Okay, cool. I would like to see the TV show fame, but I don't think it's streaming. Brenda played the funny gossip columnist, and her last name is V-A-C-C-A-R-O. I don't want to mess it up, because... She's one of my favorite actresses. She's still with us. I'm so happy she is. Her birthday is on November 18th. Happy birthday. In case we don't get to it. In case I forget it. She's known for Midnight Cowboy in 1969. Capricorn 1 1977. Supergirl 1984. One of the biggest box office flops in the history of movies. And Zorro, The Gay Blade, 1981. Last credited role was in 2021 in, in the TV show, which is a continuation of Sex and the City, and Just Like That, in two episodes. Before that, she did the TV show The Boss Baby, Back in Business. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, big movie. 
It's loading, sorry. She also guest starred on TikTok. Boy, lots of actors in this episode guest starred on TikTok. That was a weird show. Did some voiceover work for American Dad, Johnny Bravo, Charlotte's Web 2. She guest starred on Becker, The King of Queens, Allie McBeal. She's so awesome. Touched by an Angel. She did some voiceover work for Captain America. Friends. Love her on Friends. Group Troop. I love that one. I think that's on, and of course, on the Golden Girls. Yay! She will be in two other episodes of Murder, She Wrote in season six and seven. I can't wait. I love her so much. We will go over more of her guest starring roles once we get there, guys. I promise. And we will eventually get there. And I need to see what other episode Debbie Zip was in before this one. And I want to know what she's done for anyway. I know she's coming back for multiple episodes. She had her birthday on June 28th, so happy belated birthday. I hope it was a great one. She's known for, of course, Murder, She Wrote in five episodes, really. I would think she'd be in way more than that. Gilmore Girls, Double Exposure, 1982, and Magnum P.I. Gilmore Girls was her last credit role. And they gave her the last name of Mayberry, which, come on, writers, why would you do that? But her first episode was in The Days Drindled Down. And I don't... Hold on, I don't remember that episode. Let's see what that episode was. Oh! Oh, now I remember! Okay, such a great episode. Yeah, she was hilarious in that one. Okay, I'm sorry guys. Sometimes I obtain details and sometimes I don't. That was awesome. And she will be... Let's see. She will appear in season 5 in two episodes. And in season 6 in one episode. I would think she'd be in way more episodes than that. But okay. When we get to her final episode, we'll go over her guest starring things. But that's it. Don't have uh, any other guest stars here. Um, and I also recently on DVD got all 30 classic monster movies from Universal on DVD. Like Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, The Mummy... Um, just all of those and like the classic Dracula movies, like so cool to have those in time for Halloween. I also got, um, it, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Christmas since they don't show them on TV anymore. Cause I loved watching those every year and now they don't have them on TV anymore. So I got it on DVD so I can watch it when I want to. And I plan on getting all the Christmas specials on DVD next month too. So I can watch them when I want to and not wait for them to be on TV. But Wicked was absolutely fantastic. As a souvenir, I got myself a coffee cup that says Wicked um, on the back and it has like the Oz skyline. And then in the middle in the coffee cup, it says one short day, like one short day in the Emerald City. I loved it. Um, it was so fun um, to see it live and in person. Um, I will never forget it. Um, and I also got the soundtrack, something I've always wanted for a while, um, as a souvenir as well, and a shirt. That says Define Gravity on it. Because that's like one of my favorite songs from the musical. But seeing it in person with my best friend was like a joy. And a dream come true. And I'm so happy I got to go. If you get the chance. If it comes to your city. I highly recommend you go see Wicked live and in person. And my model is. Nothing's ever going to bring me down. And I got a podcast with uh, over 1,903 plays of all time. 
So thank you all so much. I love you all. I'm sorry that I have not posted an episode in a while, and I'm going to try to post more episodes. I don't have that many left to do in Season 4, and I'm so excited to get to Season 5 and to continue this journey with you all. Remember, you're here for a reason, you matter, and you're awesome. So, I will see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed recording it. Have a great day, night, depending on when you listen to this. Think of me when you watch Murder, She Wrote. Happy crime solving. I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Oh yeah, and happy Halloween. I love the month of October. Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. And I hope everyone has a safe and fun month of October. See you later.